I would like the ship to go. Now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. We are here to talk about what's next for Trek and maybe even pitch a few Star Trek series. I'm your host, Clarence, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than Larry Irby. How you doing, man? Thank you. I'm doing great. Glad to have you, sir, as always. And also on the podcast, we have Cal Jones. How you doing? As always, glad to be here. And yeah, can't wait to get into what's next for Trek. I want to hear what your thoughts are for both of you. Yes, indeed. Indeed. You know, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what we know so far for Star Trek Discovery. Real quick off the top, we know that we have Callum Reiner playing uh, a captain in the upcoming season. We know we have additional two new characters uh, coming as well as sort of a Bunny and Clyde duo coming up in the in the upcoming season. Anything about the upcoming season that really has caught your attention, has got you excited about the season? We've had Michelle Paradise. We had uh, Sonika Martin-Green on the circuit doing a few interviews. Any thoughts on reframing how we might see this last season play out? Now I'll start with you, Cal. Any thoughts on that? Not any thoughts particular, but more so as I'm looking forward to seeing if it's what I hope it's going to be, meaning that it has a definitive end, n- not a it was rushed because it was canceled, per se. You, see, you know what I'm saying? So I'm excited to see how that goes. And I hope it plays out to the former, not the latter of what I said. Yeah, Doug Jones did a recent interview talking about going back to do ADR on the final, the, the epilogue that they filmed in addition to the, the final season. And he mentions that he wept. He wept as he got to view the epilogue for the season. So, yeah, uh, it, it sounds like it may be fitting. Uh, Reinhardt, Larry, what are your thoughts on on what we may see for this final season of Star Trek Discovery? Well, I think you're going to see a lot more um, action. The only thing that I really had, you know, my issues with this show was, you know, of course, we're several choices on how to revamp uh, characters. But to me, I think what you're going to see a large amount of is maybe you do get a little bit more of the fleshing out of different characters. Maybe we finally get that for the last season, which would really be a treat for me to get to know a lot of these other crew members. So let me ask this question. Do we know how many episodes this season will have? Will it be 16, 10 more, or do we know? It's going to be 10. So this one's going to be the, I think the first discovery season that's in line with the other series is only 10 episodes, which is, uh, kind of surprising, but but also, you know, I guess they're just trying to get it in line with everything else. Sucks it is the last one, but <laughs> oh yeah, and, and back to those those new characters. I have my notes pulled up now. Callum Keith Rennie is going to be Captain Rayner, and we're going to have Eve Harlow as a character called Maul, and Elias Tufexis, if I'm saying that name right, as a character called Locke. And we see both of them, or all three of those those characters. In the teaser trailer that was released, I guess, in the end of 2022. So it's been a minute since we've known some of this information. We know that we're going to be on this quest to uncover some ancient power in the universe. That's going to be kind of an Indiana Jones-esque thing going on for the season. Very different tone. It sounds interesting. But but again, uh, I guess we'll see how it actually plays out what do you guys think of an indiana jones type we're going to find this treasure type season for star trek discovery i think it would be nice i say you know i i always said discovery has just got that mole that you can't beat where they just basically are like it's the end of the world all the time <laughs> all the time forever like we we just can't go to like Riza. Like there's a plague on Riza and we gotta take medicine and you know nope, nope. No downtime. No. <laughs> okay, so you you guys know for me, I love overreaching arcs. That's that's my thing. I don't like individualized stories for the most part, even though I do like Strange New Worlds. That said, I 
wonder if we've not been on an Indiana Jones quest for each season, because <laughs> well, if you look at it from the Red Angel aspect, that was a search for something. You look for the find of the burn, that was a search for something. So while we may not have a quote-unquote treasure, you know, we've had that just not branded as a let's go on a quest, but yeah, we've had a quest. It's almost like instead of having the metaphorical mystery box, let's have a literal mystery box this time. Yes. <laughs> so great point, Gal. Very true. And and not saying that's a bad thing. I like that. So again, that's not a that's not a dig at what they've done. Just that's what. Um, <laughs> Oh, I, I've got to read this from yeah, Wendy Grace in the chat. <laughs> Perhaps the real treasure is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, I see you, Wendy Grace. That's good. Uh, and we did get the episode titles. These came out on the WG West website. They actually have been out for a while. I just never did a video on them. Uh, we get the episode titles along with the actual writers for each of the episode. Episode one is called the Red Directive, which I find very, very interesting. You know, Omega Directive, Temporal Directive, Prime Directive, the Red Directive. So what is this thing that we have to drop everything for to go and pursue? Who knows? Who knows? And another episode name that really popped out to me is the, the final episode name is Life Itself. So, yeah, it sounds kind of sad to me, but, you know. The one before that um, is directed by Jonathan Franks, the second to last. LaGrange Point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun looking titles here. But again, this not, doesn't tell us a whole lot. It just kind of uh, uh, preps us just a little bit for, for what might be coming. So do you want a classical Kyle corny joke for the Red Directive? Uh, always. They always, always sound out. They sound the red directive. This is what they follow when they're out of red shirts because they've killed so many people. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> all right then. That's all right then. <laughs> all righty. Also, I want to get into a little bit of, you know, as we get into where Star Trek might be going, we have to talk about what might be happening to Paramount Plus. Um, and, you know, as as it gets shopped around, apparently. And um, what is the name of his national amusements, the, the parent company or the majority shareholder in Paramount Plus? Um, yeah, as, as that gets shopped around, we might have to think about, you know, how much Star Trek is going to get pushed in and and promoted in, in the next iteration of the streaming services life. So we have to take that in consideration as well, like how much of. How much of Star Trek will we even have in the future? So that's kind of a, a sad note, quite honestly. And does the note become, at the end of the day, just with Marvel, just with Doctor Who, just with any property, it's all going to come down to one thing, which is the bottom line. Always. You know, always. always, always, always. And in addition to that, we had a few movie rumors, the much anticipated or rumored Star Trek Four with the Kelvin guys, and also a prequel. So, yeah, and I, I think t it was Tasha that made a very good point on this. Was that merely due to the fact that we're trying to pump up the price to sell it? Or is that an actual, you know, something that's in the works that they're actually getting ready to produce? Who knows? I, I think it may be to push up the price <laughs> before they sell it, if I'm being honest. Because this Star Trek 4 thing has been on the table for a very long time. Number one, the one of the worst things out here is when it's about Star Trek or it's Marvel. There are so many outlets. And that's one of the one thing that is kind of frustrating about the internet is you don't know. I mean, people can now can make outlets in hours and make them look legitimate. So you hear the you know all the noise. Oh yeah, it's been decided that Chris Helmsworth is coming back and. Chris Helmsworth and they're bringing <laughs> back Eve Miles and they're, it's like, really? Okay. So that's happening. Yeah. Very doubtful. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel to all decks. We'll take that to pivot into, I guess, what is going to be our main discussion. And Larry, you kind of suggested this, so I'm going to throw it in your court to begin with. Where is Star Trek going? What do we see coming up next for Star Trek? You know, amid 
everything we just talked about, you know, rumors of sale, rumors of these new movies, rumors of series coming up that we don't know much about. Where do we see Star Trek going next? And I'll leave it in your hands first. What do you think, sir? Okay. Well, here's one thing I think. Star Trek's awesome. I think that. <laughs> but the one of the biggest things that we have gotten into, this is why I'm, I love we're having this discussion, is do we keep rehashing things? It's not saying we don't love what we've already got, but here in 1987, Gene Roddenberry and all the people, we just did a review of Chaos on the Bridge. Yeah. We know what they did. They took a massive chance, probably less at stake then than, I mean, if the show didn't make it, it didn't make it. It wasn't going to break the studio, but they took it and they gave us another show set in the universe of Star Trek. They were not the children of the original cast. They were not their grandchildren. They were totally different people. The only thing they had in common was they were in Starfleet. They were on a starship called Enterprise. But that was, and the, the thought of Gene Roddenberry, because basically Next Gen picks up 80, I want to say 87 years, give or take, after the voyage home. That was the original timeline they gave us. Now, they might have played around with that a little, right? Yeah. And it was a totally different crew. Do you know who Picard was? Don't know who he was. Riker, Troy. I mean, good Lord, the cast. LeVar Burton was the most well-known member of the cast. Let's be honest. Yeah. And they gave you a whole new show. They did give you a little kickoff with uh, the late, great DeForest Kelly there yeah. is Admiral McCoy. And they did copy a couple stories. Yeah, verbatim. All, well, not verbatim. Yeah. Very closely. Very closely. Okay, which is to be expected. But then we got, they went off on their own journey. And we did get, we got to see Spock. Oh, God. Everybody oh, yeah. wanted to see Leonard Nimoy. Everybody. Guess what? Oh, my God. We got, and he told us when I met him in person, Jimmy Doolin, he said that he would love to do Next Generation, but he didn't want, he did not want to do the heavy prosthetic makeup because they did that on the deadly years. Mm -hmm. And he just wasn't a fan of that. And of course they did come up with a way for him to come back and without doing the makeup, I think yeah. it's pretty cool. I was like, man, I got to hear him say that before it even happened, but they were their own show. And I, Clarence, I know you grew up with the next generation. Uh, Kyle, you grew up with it, but the thing is, it was a brand new show. It was its own thing. And then DS9 piggybacked off of that. Voyager then piggybacked off that. Then after that, we started the prequels. Mm. And we've kind of been in that situation ever since Enterprise came out. It's like we're just going to keep on building on what we have and not moving forward. Hmm. Great points, man. For me personally, I like building on the things we have, the things of the past. But I think there's a fine line you have to take with introducing something totally new and still adhering to to what's come in the past. So and I'll go to to, you know, what's coming up for a fifth and final season discovery. It was so different and they tried to sprinkle elements of what came before into the fray, but it just didn't work. It just didn't work. So I, th I think the, the big question is, how do you be different or how, how can you separate yourself and still somehow, you know, not just totally change what the show is? Hello, Tasha. Hi, all. Tasha, well, you're here. Let's 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 go to you. Like, what do you think about creating a new show that's totally different, but still somehow uh, connecting to the past? How do you make it new and fresh, but still keep the people who love the thing before on board. Reinhardt and I, we were talking about this in my chat uh, last week. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I think that it's possible is like with this legacy show. We all want legacy. Everybody is, is clamoring for legacy. We have the anchors to the past with, uh, with Jerry Ryan. We've got that anchor and then Raffi for, to some extent as well, play up the, uh, the growth and maturity of, Seven of Nine, 
starting from where she came from, bringing a young crew around her that needs her specific type of guidance and let us get to know them through her. And then we can shoot them off, you know, uh, in whatever direction we can, we want to. But we we still have that anchor to the past that people are looking for. See, I totally agree with you, Tasha. I think one of the, and I won't call it a failure, but I will say one of the things that I have been most disappointed with, with Discovery, as much as I like it, is we do have this crew that we know very little about. We have our tentpole characters that aren't necessarily your bridge crew that we don't really know and we may not know at the end of the season. And and that, I think, is somewhat of a disservice. If I were looking at it for the future and where I would want to see it go, and assuming there's going to be more than one show, so I'm going to enter into the assumption there's more than one show, I think I would like to see Legacy as the only thing set in the current r slash past, but I would prefer any new whatever those are, minus what they've already announced that might be coming. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about any new ideas be in the discovery timeline, the 900 years in the future. That would be my preference. Because if I'm looking at it from 1960s Star Trek and I'm looking at it from 1980s, 1990s, we're in 2025, 2024, by the time some of these shows come out. I think we need to shoot a little bit and, and let's stay further into the future, make it more futuristic, because we've already got flip phones. We've already got, you know, <laughs> uh, communicators that are so much like the things that they gave idea to in the, sev- I mean, you know, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the movies, in the 80s. So give us something really futuristic. And I think by doing that, flesh out this world we've already got built 900 years in the future. Oh, and I want to read When Grace's Comment, because this is kind of idea I had. I think we need a flagship show that moves into the future, then the excur- excursions into the past to fill in the gaps feels less like treading water. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm down for the future. I'm down for what Kyle just said. Slightly, slightly. I think there's a problem from the writing standpoint, though. And when I say that, it's not even really because it's so far from everything else. It's because the opposite of what you just said, Kyle. It's like the technology is way too advanced. Mm, True. Instead of making it slightly more advanced, I think they went way too far in this nanotech thing in Discovery. Because like it's almost you have like you have a something that can do anything. So what kind of problems are you really going to have? Other than taking technology away, i.e. the burn or or something similar to make the stories more challenging. But if we take technology away, quote unquote, don't we then just rehash Battlestar Galactica, the re, you know, from the <laughs> yeah. early 2000s? I, I agree with that because here's the thing you got to think. Remember the original show, you had replicators. Well, yeah. what's the point when we can just replicate anything, but we found a way to make it work, you know? Because they even said some things can't be replicated. Some things still have to be built. You know, that was part of the thing um, in the prequel to Picard was the book. Geordi had to have all these people come on board. That would have been great to see LeVar Burton and something like that, where they had to build all this stuff. You had to have engineers because you could not replicate these components for the rescue ships, for the Romulans. So would maybe a happy medium of 150, 200, 300 years in the future. And and I guess where I want to get away from is going back to Wingrace's comments. I don't want to feel muddled down into the past. And I'm coming and saying this on a franchise when I'm also a fan of another franchise where I love going back into the past and being muddled down in history. But I think with Star Trek, whereas Doctor Who is all about past and present and future, to me, Star Trek's always been about the future. Mm. And it just feels to me when you keep going into the past, how many times can seeing an old favorite return feel good until it starts feeling stale? So this is my idea. I'll go ahead and pitch mine. So my idea is to have a uh, is it the the Department of Temporal Investigations? 
let's have a series surrounded around that. Don't you try to take my idea, Claire. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm watching you. So, I mean, you can really do this. I feel like, you know, I, I just talked about how much I don't want to go into the past, but we're already recasting some of these actors. So we could go back and see a, a an event that happened before from a certain point of view. I mean, sort of like we did with the Pike, you know, Time Crystal episode, we kind of went into his own future. We could do something like that to where we see something just slightly different, add a little more knowledge to what's going on. And let's be honest, in most of these time episodes, what happened didn't actually happen by the end of it anyway, right? So maybe we can get a window into all these events in the past that have went left, but we didn't know it. So like a what if. Uh, don't we already have a temporal time directive? Uh, we, we do. We do. We do have a, a temporal prime directive, excuse me. But but and we have the Department of Temporal Investigations. But I think a series around that could be really, really cool. It can. And now the budget might be exorbitant, but I think I, w- I think I would love that. That's what I would do if I had the, the keys to the kingdom. I'd like to see them push their imagination. Right, right now, we are dealing with the imagination of mostly of somebody who was uh, spawned in what the early 20th century. He thought a lot of this stuff up. What can we think to push that narrative forward? Because we are continually continuing to lean on mm. old technology. So I'm, I'm in a, in a way. As always, I'm agreeing with Kyle because we need to we need to push. We need to make these these writers think outside of the Star Trek box to make a new Star Trek box because the old one is working. But how long will it work before current technology completely catches up with what we're talking about? Exactly. What can they create that will make people watching it want to create that and have the technology that we have today right and does that become even more difficult when our own creators meaning not writers but as in computer programmers uh designers of technology of computers have reached the point to where you know we've already got virtual this and virtual that and does that make it even more boxed in for them creatively talking about outside the box because we're so advanced now in our own technology. And let me pick up Wayne Grace's comment real quick. Discovery era is getting dangerously close to being able to explore beyond the galaxy. That would be a very bold decision if they chose to choose to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's where I thought they might be going this season. That's why I think this treasure is taking them somewhere beyond, again, beyond the galactic barrier. So uh, I think that's what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, how can you adhere to what's come before and, and spin it into something new and interesting and keep pushing the storytelling, pushing the technology? Because that's part of the thing with Star Trek, too. It was always about the technology, the the imagination of the technology, the whimsy of the technology. And how can you can continue to kind of push that forward? And say, thank God I'm not a writer for for Star Trek because I, I have no ideas either. But then that's the joy of it. If we can't just sit here and conceive of it in uh, 30 minutes, it's going to take a writer's room with a, an imagination and yeah. not afraid to make a mistake. So discovery for what a, lo- what a lot of people would say is a flaw, at least they went so far in the future where they can they can do pretty much anything and we would have to just roll with it because it's so far in the future Uh, i was liking what what reinhardt said the other day to me about you know we need to also explore that era right after the end of picard season three where he was saying a hundred years past that and and you know what if we want to bring it back even scale it back just a little bit to end up where picard ended and to, to begin where picard ended yeah that's a playground that we've never gotten to those are toys and i want to play with all the toys (laughs) yeah we got a lot of years there the uh past discovery era is also just a gold mine of things that you could do and push it and you know what let me add this and maybe what i'm looking for is more of an idea and less of a when and 
you know, I don't often refer to this program as being one of my favorites, even though it was. I did like Voyager because it was something different being in the unknown. But I think I would like whatever era they land in. I think I would like to see another DS9 type story where the action happens as the result of what's coming through, not where they're going. Because all the Star Trek since Discovery's return pretty much has been about where they're going. You know, even Mm. with Picard, he winds up on a ship with a crew. You know, it's all about going somewhere and doing something. I want to see a set of characters that I get to know that are at a place it can be federation it cannot be federation it can be whatever they want i'm maybe it's the academy i don't know <laughs> but i just know that i would like to see them in a central setting and have the action come through them yeah i think you may get your wish yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like an academy but yeah you got it larry any, any further thoughts uh, i'll give you mine but which tasha talked about a little bit my pitch for a new series number one the one you did i've had that thought in my head for a long time i i kid you not about doing a quantum leap not not the leaping in the body but that these temporal guys from daniels i mean you can even have the guy that played daniels come in and be one of the bosses and look guys there's these you know and you broke this rule clarence so i want to see you going back to egypt and messing with king (laughs) tut anymore or this or that, you know, you just be something like that. But just straight up, honestly, they have to go in. Because remember, we did have the temporal war. Yeah. Explore that. So I agree with you. But my pitch would be this, because this is what I wish they'd have done with Discovery. My pitch would be taking 100 years, as I said, as Tasha said, after Picard, mm. 100 years, give or take, right? I don't want anybody on this show to be the son, grandchild, or anybody of anybody. I don't want it to be the adopted child. I don't want it to be, oh, guess what? The new show's got Spock's kid. Yep, the one you didn't know about. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) him and Savick had a kid. We told you they did, they got a kid. (laughs) No, all new people, all new people. It can be the Enterprise. I don't care if it's the Enterprise or not, but it doesn't have to be. It can be another ship. It could be the Excalibur, the USS Hood, or whatever. And just give me a crew. Give me a strong lead, a strong actor. Give me the you know rest of the crew. Give me something that makes the show unique. I don't know what that is yet. Give me something to, there's been, this has happened. And this is the aftermath that they're living in. Remember we talked about when the Zindi was happening and they talked about that in the future the federation had a zindi officer on the board that fight right there put it in that time frame 27th century so i hear what you're preaching here i hear what you're saying but i'm going to ask you would anyone actually watch that and not from the sense that it might not be good but we are so hung up on things connecting to the past I can recall squeeing like a, a school, like a schoolgirl when oh they did this reference in Picard oh they did that you know we're just so animated and excited about when something connects to the past. Not to say you can't do that a hundred years in the future. Obviously you can, but I just think there's so such a struggle to to build something new without it having some strong connection to to what came before it. Well, next generation did. Well, you just you you just said first episode. <laughs> they did, but they gave them a nudge. Like we could have a nudge, a nudge. here or okay. there. Gotcha. I don't I don't mind that. I mind like oh yeah, this has got to be like Burnham. I never liked the fact they made Burnham Spock's sister. She didn't need to be his sister. Sonequa Martin Green is an amazing actress, and that character could have stood on its own. You know. And I didn't, I thought, you know, sometimes we just overdo it with like, let's be honest. What is Strange New Worlds? We all love it. I love it. I know y'all do. But it is, it's really good fan service. Mm. That's what it is. It's not advancing the story because we had the one story, right? Where Ahura and, and Kirk are in the thing. 
Well, I don't care because there ain't nothing going to happen to him. I know this. What's going to happen to him? Well, the thing's going to depressurize. No, it's not. It's a hurrying Kirk. They got years to go, you know, of Ortegas. Now, if you put Ortegas in that position, I'm scared. Yeah. Because I love Ortegas. And we ain't hear about no Ortegas in the future. So you could be in trouble. But other than that, she's the only one kind of, am I right or wrong, of the main crew and Lon. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. We, yeah. we don't never heard of Lon before. So y'all the two most likely people to die. Right. Mm, Tasha. Yes. How stringent are we about canon? Uh, going either going forward or going in the past with the new series, would, would we forsake some canon to make a great new series? Is that even on the table? I mean, and, it, and again, it depends on where you want to set the series. Because if you put it in a spot where where everybody can lock everything in, then of course canon is going to matter. But if you drop us a hundred years out, and now okay, canon is their history, and we misremember our own history. So it would be it would be easier to skirt canon the further out you put the whatever mm-hmm. new thing we're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I again, Tasha. Here I go agreeing with you, but I'm totally on board <laughs> with that because you know we we live in an age with fandom where we're going to pick it apart no matter what they do. So that's just a given. And they know that. And and you can't tell me when they were conceptualizing Discovery that someone in marketing, I may be totally wrong, but somebody in marketing didn't say one of these characters needs to have some type of relationship with somebody to hook the audience. We need a hook to, you know, so therefore, oh, Spock has a sister we've never heard about. Hook, you know, <laughs> intrigue. That's true. You know, so did, or rage, yeah, or rage, <laughs> or whatever. But you know what? Whether it was bad publicity, quote unquote, or good publicity, it was still publicity. People were talking about it. You're right on that, Kyle, because there the, the suits get involved, and that's happened before. It's kind of like with an album. You know, an artist says, I finished my new album. Yeah, I don't hear the single, though. Mm. <laughs> Give me the single. Where's, I need something to, you know, to grab onto. But, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know what? Let's let's just mention another franchise. Star Wars is in the same situation. Oh, God. They ain't that. I'm just saying they in the same situation. They keep going back to the well. Like, listen, man, I love me some Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. How many times Darth Vader and Obi-Wan going to fight that we didn't know about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there goes my comment from the very beginning, which is, or which was, how many times seeing the old characters, the throwback, come back and we get that feeling to where it's no longer special. It's no longer the norm. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to go again into another franchise that we all love, but I would have been probably... I don't want to see returning characters in the 70th uh, anniversary of Doctor Who. You know what I'm saying? Because we've been there. We've done that. Don't want to see it again. They had something different in the 60th, but I don't want to see the same thing rehashed again. And I think that's what I think all four of us would agree on. We want something new that we would enjoy, whether that's old, new, new, or new, 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 (laughs) something new. (laughs) Let me pick up a few comments real quick. When Grace is saying that one of the time agents was on Picard season two from, from Voyager. And he says that, um, Jay Carnes, he played the first officer of the timeship relativity in Voyager. And he played a CIA agent who arrested Picard in Guinan's bar. Hmm. I remember that phenomenal <laughs> actor. And Carrie makes a comment. What's up, Carrie? Star Trek enemy. It's time. Young Kirk. Let's go. I think they're kind of com- covering some of that in the comics. I think there's this Picard series that's running out right now. I've seen Wingrace show some of the books on his channel, on his shorts. But yeah, do we really want an anime? I know we've ventured into animation uh, a few times, even even more recently uh, with Lord Dex, of course. But even with this um, very short Trek stuff that recently came out. So maybe uh let's do what's the what's the star wars things they did to um the star wars visions oh uh, yeah visions vision 
I'm so future oriented about Star Trek. And y'all know as selfish as we can be as fans, again, regardless of what y'all think, I'm 51 years old and I'm not going to be here forever. So if I want my grandchildren to still have Star Trek, we have to introduce something for a new audience. Now, Prodigy is for, for the little kids, but then like Carrie is saying, you bring in anime, you got an entirely different demographic of fan. Mm-hmm. very uh, passionate fans who might jump on board and get involved with the Star Trek fandom because they get something that's for them and not for our old butts, you know, because we keep getting stuff for our old selves. But how yeah. much are we giving uh, a thought to the future? Just even getting some more hands in the cookie jar, getting new creators in there. I was thinking and I've been thinking all week about the the comment that Lee made about David Gerald, you know, sending in the script to for the trouble with Tribbles and how instantly that made him famous overnight. How can we we can't do that now? We can't have fan submission for for scripts and things like that. I think there's a lot of unmined talent out there that has ideas that we we don't even we haven't even thought about, you know, uh that we could be tapping for some of this stuff. I was just sitting here thinking uh, <laughs> I wonder if some of that, A, is happening today and we just don't know about it because in retrospect, we're looking back 30 years ago from some of these 30s and, you know, 60 years ago for some of these stories. And maybe we'll, our grandkids or whoever will be talking about, you know, these stories years and years later. But my other thought was, are we as fans part of why we don't get that because they don't want to break these molds and they're afraid of the demographics going down because they're losing sponsorship? Because again, back to our, the earlier in the conversation, it's that bottom line. And when Paramount's being shipped around, are they going to rock the Star Trek ship? Yeah, Carrie is saying here in a quote, here's the thing. At this point, Star Wars and Star Trek are all about the nostalgia, man. You can't have completely new characters with no callbacks and call it Star Trek or Star Wars. There has to be some kind of link to the original, you know. Um, I think you can do it, but it's a very delicate rope to, to, to try to walk, walk across. All right. So let me ask you this. Would this be walking across that rope if you had a brand new Star Trek series and the ship was that they're on the USS Picard? See, I can go for that. crew, nothing tied to anything, but you're on the USS Crusher or you're on the USS Janeway or whatever. And and, and Patrick Stewart is the computer's voice. Yes, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I was going to go there too, Claire. It's like, not about Patrick Stewart, but like the way AI is right now, right now today, yeah. we just had this big, this big disaster with, with uh, the family of George Carlin, where somebody recreated him with AI. Well, mm. with permission, would they yeah. be able to do this and, and still have those callbacks, still have uh, pieces of the past without overdoing it, make it infrequent? I mean, my goodness, we can train our phones now to sound like us. Right. Tasha, you know how it is. When they make money, studio going to overdo it. That's just it. But I was going to touch on something, guys. Guess what? I just I just realized here. Guess what? Year after next, it will be 60 years since the first episode of Star Trek aired. 2026 will be 60 years of Star Trek. It's just it's just crazy to think that it will have been around that long. And, and and how do you even continue when something has been around that long and still try to keep it relevant and still try to keep it in canon? I want to pick up a comment real quick from Marge when she's saying location, ship, station, planet. Hmm. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> I actually on that one go for ship. Because I do want to give you, I do want to recreate that feel because we first were on a ship or whatever. But I mean, here's the thing about the new, the next new group. We could spin it off just like Next Gen yeah. and did with the DS and Voyager. It doesn't have to be just one show out there. It can be another little inclusive in this, the 27th century is Star Trek. Oh, guess what? Uh, new Romulus is out there now, which is in the computer, the Star Trek Online 
those guys laid a lot of groundwork that the shows I'm glad they're looking at some of that stuff because I mean the Federation has got all these new worlds and it would they could do it will they do it I don't know because like you said they, the studio wants to do what's safe yeah I, I gotta go with Marge here um, when we asked for something new wasn't DS9 and Discovery wasn't that something new yes and very risky <laughs> Something and, and, and people didn't want to give D, uh, DS9 a chance, but the show is so they phenomenal. They sure did. Don't you let yeah. them lie to you now. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I was there asking on the front row, asking questions before the show ever even got on the air with Cole Meany when I met him. And I'm telling you, DS9 got no love in the beginning. Mm-hmm. People like to rewrite history now, but Yeah. We even look at Enterprise. I mean, every one of those spinoff shows got took some smoke from the fandom. They really and um, now look at how 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 we look at it. How the warm memories that we have, and I'm like, all of this came out of chaos and and confusion. You're right with Enterprise, especially Tasha. Mm-hmm. I know so many younger people who are in their late twenties, maybe early thirties. Enterprise is their Star Trek for a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great series. Yep. But great series, but bad what? Don't say it. Don't say it. We will not mention. We will not mention it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, but, I'll take the short road and not mention oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I was going back in the comments, uh, Clarence. Marge had a question way back, and she asked how relevant to today's social political issues do you think New Trek should deal with? And I think that um, it should, if as long as it's done just like it was in the past in TOS and in other series, without bringing the baseball bat and bludgeoning your audience with it, subtle approaches, um, you, you sneak those messages in without the, 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 the people even noticing that the message yeah. is there. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the mark right there. If you can put it in there without them noticing it, a week later, like, oh, that's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for some of us, many years later, like, oh. <laughs> but but don't preach it and don't scream it to you. Right. Years ago, though, people were so more willing to hear things. Now everybody's so rigid in their belief. You know, you put something in there about, well, these people should, do they have a right to this or that? Oh, yeah, it's an agenda. It's an agenda. <laughs> I mean, about anything. And, and, and truly it is. That's and, right. and, and Larry, you're 100% right. But, you know, the, it, it falls back to what you guys were just saying right before that. It's all about smart writing. If you're writing it smart and it makes you think and it makes you see something from another perspective that you might not have before, that's awesome. But again, if it's the well, well, we're you know we're going to talk about climate change in this episode, and it's just plastered all over the screen. Yeah, if you if you're not about climate change, you're going to be running in the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, and you do have the opportunity to do it well, and they've done it well in the past. And they, I, they have. Think about even Picard. There was terrorism in the last season of Picard. I didn't really think about it that way, but it definitely was there, and they even talked about it. To a certain extent, as they tried to uncover what was going on. So, so yeah, it's there. I think as long as it's it's not the main driver, but it's it can be weaved into the writing and done cleverly. I think it's I think it's always a good thing. It's hard, too, because some stuff is just so basic, like Star Trek, always about rights for everybody. We don't care who you are. We don't care where you're from. You have an equal voice here, you know, and that's uh, but they also showed sometimes that doesn't work. They kind of explored both sides of it. Remember the one I you guys didn't like the one we watched, the one where the uh, with the Yangs and the Kang and the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Y'all said it aged poorly, it did, but I'm telling you, it did, it honestly did. But I'm at least they were putting in an effort. It might have been, it's just like a code of honor. Bad, but they thought they were doing the right thing, you know? 
And it's one of those things where you go now, you can put something in a show with the best meaning that we want to push Star Trek ahead. We want to hold those core values. And somebody's going to be bringing real world into it and be upset. So, so I want to I want to point uh, to one of the comments off of what you just said, Larry, just talking about bringing in the real the real world into it. When Grace and Marge in the comments are talking about um, what if we did something completely different in format, like a medical drama or a retired Starfleet intelligence agent opening up private investigations, and the, and then Marge goes on to say, or something like a JAG or like NCIS kind of something totally different but back to what tasha was saying about bringing in different audiences look at how long ncis has been on the air and oh how many spinoffs of yeah. csis and ncis's and law and orders what about if you had law and order s uh, sng <laughs> or whatever <laughs> tng or whatever you just said something when we uh talked with tim rust some years ago you he was here uh, Tim Russ said what you just said. He said people were saying, why aren't there Star Trek shows on there? And Tim Russ said, NCIS. He said, how many of those shows are on TV? And he said, exactly, because they make money. And he said, if Star Trek shows made money, there'd be 10 of them on TV right now. Mm. So it's like you said, it's always going to be the bottom line. And maybe it's just hard to write cleverly. I'm pretty sure you can have a clever version of a medical show, uh, of course, but to 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 <laughs> to be as clever as, as as we like our Star Trek to be, I think it would be kind of. <laughs> so um, I've got to read Carrie's comment: Star Trek CSI Miami. <laughs> it it would be hard to do a medical show with that with that advanced technology because some of the injuries come in and be like. Yeah, uh, he lost an arm and a leg. Yeah, we'll he'll he'll be out by this afternoon. He'll be good. Don't worry about it. It's the tech, man. The tech, the tech bites again. And Barge just said, "How about Star Trek intervention?" <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> as much as they drank on the original show, they they would absolutely need an intervention. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to stop after this one. Uh, when Grace just said, "Do a." Do a spinoff of Yellowstone set in the 25th century, colonizing a new planet. Paramount synergy, baby. <laughs> but those are some great ideas. I mean, hey, but me and Clarence, the, I, I will share this idea with you, Clarence, because I'm older, so I had this idea first. But I still say the temporal agency. Yeah. Because then you can visit any time. We can visit times we haven't seen. We can visit times we already know. It's Doctor Who with with Star Trek characters. Oh God, I hope Disney doesn't buy Paramount. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Carrie's comment. Yeah, I saw that too at the same time, and I'm like, no. I don't even want HBO to buy them. Uh, Warner uh, Discovery. I don't want them to buy them. So definitely not Good them Lord, or Disney. You, they thought they thought that Discovery was hardcore. Um, Good Lord, if HBO get them. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, would would we be okay with like because because someone pitched it in my chat uh about a Klingon series that is mm. set up like Game of Thrones? I'm down for that. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea if you're going to go gritty, go gritty. You know, but would it work? Because here's the thing: until Star Trek Discovery, think about it. We never had an alien captain, but I, I will agree what Kyle said before. How long till it gets stale? And Tasha talked about that on her show. It's like we don't want to do the like we just it's the Star Wars. We don't want to do. Hey, remember the time they fought here? Remember the time they fought here? Oh, they fought outside the ice cream store. They fought at the amusement park that other time. And it's like you're just lessening the impact of the original, the more times you keep going back to the well. Yeah. And I also, also think there's room if they bring back short treks. I think that was a good thing that I couldn't believe they ended so soon. Great um, thing. You know what they should have done is visited all these individual characters. Mm. See what they're up to. What's Bellana and Tom doing now? Mm. You know, what's um, Reg Barkley up to? 
Yeah, because sometimes you can't get it get someone for an entire season, but you can get them for like you know a couple of weeks to shoot you know a short Elite Force movie. Yeah, well, mm, yeah. Mm. So Elite Force was the was the Quake Three engine game that came out in the late nineties, early aughts. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't like it? It was good. It was good, but I don't know if it'll hold up as a movie. All right, guys. Well, we're going to kind of wrap this thing up. I'm so thankful we got Tasha to come aboard. Yeah. Tasha, tell everybody where they can find you and about your channel. You can find me very sporadically right now <laughs> at After the Snap on YouTube. Um, I talk about pop culture, TV, movie streaming, mostly Star Trek. So if you like uh, if you like what we're doing here today on Discussing Trek, join us for our conversations there. All right, uh, Larry, man, uh, do you want to plug anything before we get out of here, man? No, no, just looking forward to doing another episode of Discussing Trek. Mr. Jones, what do you have to talk about, sir? So if you like laughing and if you like space, which obviously you do, check out oz-9.com. It is a comedy fiction podcast, and it is hilarious. And Lee Shackelford and I are both on it. So check that out. And I'll also say thanks to everyone in the chat. Be sure you go visit Tasha's channel. Go visit our friend Wingrace in the chat's channel. He has some uh, video he just put up talking about the Doctor Who news about the next campaign that's, that kind of came out slash leaked. And also, of course, you can visit us for all of our Doctor Who ramblings at DiscussingWho.com. But yeah, guys, thank you guys for joining. It's been wonderful to have you all in the chat. It's been a whole bunch of fun. So... Until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com can i say that like shut up wesley i can just go shut up clarence